Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Poppers. Jennifer is the head of employee and culture communications at The Real Real. In this episode, we talk about The Real Real's new intranet initiative, how an external communications background has helped to inform internal communication strategies, and how a codified values framework for the company delivers focused content strategies. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? Jennifer Poppers is the head of employee communication at The Real Real. Jennifer has deep experience across multiple communication specialties, including consumer public relations, corporate, financial, and reputational media relations, and employee communications. She has applied these skill sets as a communications leader for major retailers, the beauty and fashion brands domestically and globally, such as Gap Inc., Ralph Lauren, Esprit, and Ulta, as well as VC-funded technology-driven startups. Currently, Jennifer is the head of employee communications at The Real Real having established this new function for the company in early 2020. In her role, she has helped TRR, C-suite, and other leaders build an inclusive culture and navigate complex safety, social, and business issues, all while establishing the infrastructure and team in place today. Jennifer holds degrees in journalism and criminology. Haven't read that degree yet in one of these internal communications bios. From the University of Colorado, originally from the Mile High State, She spent the majority of her career in New York prior to relocating to the Bay Area. Now, when they aren't traveling the world, Jennifer resides in San Francisco with her husband. Jennifer, thank you again for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. It's so nice to be here. There's a direct through line for criminology to fashion communications. Clearly. So for those that aren't familiar, what is The Real Real? The Real Real is a luxury reseller, and our mission is to extend the life cycle of luxury goods. Our real differentiation point is that we are the largest and most trusted resource for authenticated luxury resale. So a little bit more about what The Real Real is. We really stand for sustainability. That's one of our core commitments. We really like to see a future that's rooted in conscious consumption, and that's why we're so focused on luxury goods. These are well-made products that can really stand the test of time. There's no point in sending them to landfill. Someone else can love that item after the original owner, and it can live on in circulation. So we have categories that cover men, women, and homes. People really look to us for those really coveted items that might be some very recognizable name brands in handbags, or even for really high-end jewelry, because we really can be trusted to authenticate those goods. Just read this a second ago in the bio, but a lot of your career prior to the real real was spent in external communications. You're now leading the internal communications function. I'm curious how your background and external communications has informed and how you might have used that to design employee engagement and cultural strategies. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting road because if I go back to my origins, I was really passionate about journalism and I'm still very passionate about it and about that storytelling. But that storytelling really carries through to the employee side, too. And I think, you know, it's really helped to give me this holistic viewpoint. Plus, if the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's that information really doesn't care about walls or defining communications as internal or external. Employees are getting their information from all sources, and it doesn't have to be just from the inside of the company. And the things that you do inside of a company have visibility outside of it. So having those different perspective helps me to really understand that whole picture and how it all interacts together. You know, early on in the pandemic, 
I really made a commitment, our company made a commitment to lead from the inside out. And because of those different worlds that play together. And what that means is that my peers in external communications and in DEI, and I really truly held hands to say, if we're going to take a visible position on a topic, if, if we decide to do that, we need to really ask ourselves how we prioritize our own employees. So this might mean that we need to strengthen an employee resource group before saying something publicly on a diversity issue. And if we are to make a public facing statement, how do we involve these employees that are really passionate about that topic and live that truth every day? Or if the issue isn't related to diversity, there were many other issues these last couple of years. So like the elections, how do we make sure our own employees are getting the information about our stance that we're making externally from us first and that they're getting it first and that we're living our truth with our own employees. So if I just zoom out from that, you know, we're looking at all of these things, how they interconnect. It's gotten more complicated in a way, but it's also the way that we approach it has to be really unified. Walking into this role back in 2020, email was a primary mode of communication across the company. In fact, one of your big tasks right now is building out an intranet. There's something of a digital transformation story here. Where did you start and how are you evaluating what comes next? Yeah, I mean, this was a big priority for us because we have a lot of different audiences at that time and we still have those different types of audiences. So we have our operation centers, we have our sales, we have our retail, we have our HQ employees and everybody interacts with information in different ways. Some people are sitting in front of computers. Some people are getting their information from their phones. Some people really aren't checking in that frequently. And there's even language barriers that we had to think about. And what we really wanted to do was bring people together, no matter how they interact with information or where they're sitting in the company, so that they don't feel isolated and they feel like they're part of this greater purpose and this larger family. So the first thing I did was go out and interview all of the different stakeholders, understanding all of these different types of audiences, what are the ways that they receive information? What are some of the challenges they have? What would a great solution look like to them? And I took that information, put together an RFP, and went out and talked to many different types of services and tried to understand, you know, what will integrate really seamlessly with the technology that we're already using? We're a Google-based company. So we need to make sure something is really set up to be able to integrate with that. So we don't have a lot of other hurdles and we don't have to make even more changes, right? Because making a change is already a big step. And then the other issue is that, you know, different teams are using different types of technologies to do their jobs. So how do we create something that isn't going to feel like another technology tool that they have to learn and that they have to go to. And how do we even make it a hub where people can get to wherever they need to go, kind of like an air traffic control. And they know that, you know, I, I know I have all these tools and if they get lost on their journey, they know where they can go to get to wherever they need it. And the other thing is too, you know, in my experience, people don't generally go to an intranet unless they really need something, right? So oftentimes it might be just getting their paycheck and getting their pay stub or some other really critical piece of information. So how do we make it really easy to get to those points and make it something that really services you? And then this is a place where also I wanted to think about how we break down some of those walls as we talked about, you know, internal and external, those lines between the two are really fuzzy now. And how do we even embrace that? 
And so giving your employees an opportunity to even amplify their voices and be ambassadors, I wanted to look for something that had that ability. So we even have certain types of content that employees can share out directly from our platform to their own social channels. And then even with that whole piece about trying to break down those silos and bring people together, how do we also create some kind of communication where people can provide feedback, they can comment with each other, they can tag each other, how do they like stories and and really engage with the types of content. So really looking for something that kind of broke down all those walls and became a resource um, and a news source for all of our employees. Obviously, I'm very passionate about storytelling. So at the core, you know, we need to make sure it's somewhere where people can go and get new and interesting information. So what type of content formats do exist here? Because it sounds like there's a lot of user-generated content and there's also the ability to do some recognition, but also employee advocacy in the form of sharing that out, right? So who gets to contribute? Is everyone at The Real Real a content creator? How does that process work? And maybe are there some content formats? Is it video-based, written word? Are you doing some podcasts? Like what are some of the ways that you're elevating these voices and these stories? Yeah, I mean, right now there's a lot of images that we can do or video or written content. Um, And we approach that in different ways. As I was saying, it's really important for people to feel like they're going to this resource to get information that they need. And the information that people generally feel that they need is something that's going to help them get their job done or pertains specifically to their job. So not everyone is a primary storyteller, although we do accept, you know, contributions and we'll work with people to make sure it's in, you know, the right format and going to the right place and really digestible. So for instance, we have a channel and it's a channel based system. We have a channel that's for our employee resource group. So they can share information out with other ERG groups, but this is an opt-in channel. So anyone interested in finding out about what our ERGs are doing can go there. And it's kind of an educational uh, point of access to help share. Here's what we're doing. Here's something you might be able to get involved in. Maybe they're raising money for an organization that they really care about. But another really interesting uh, facet to this that I think works really well is that we have function-based channels. And it requires the participation of the leaders and communications managers of our different functions. So for instance, we have a channel for operations center. We don't get too involved in it from the center. We will give some tips on how to make it successful and be thought partners, but it's really that function that is creating the content. We find recognition type of content plays really well there, but it might also be something they need to know from a safety standpoint that relates specifically to them or things that are going to relate specifically to that audience. That's going to get those employees into the platform because that's information that pertains to them. And once they're there, they can access the other information like a recording of our most recent all hands, a statement from our CEO or other things that we're sharing company-wide. So for us, it's about making sure people are getting content from the people who they know, the leaders that really pertain to them, the content that really pertains to them. And once they're there, we capture their attention and now we start serving up additional content. You just touched on the topic of ERGs and committees values as a framework for content is something that is important to you. Can you point to specific examples where this might come to life on your internet or maybe even across the organization as a whole? 
Yeah, I was really fortunate that when I started, they had recently launched a really strong values framework. And, you know, over the past couple of years, we know there's so many divisive views in our country. And we might have perspectives that come from leaders or as a company, but we know that when you, we have about 3,300 employees and they're going to have different experiences and different perspectives. And we can't necessarily all agree on one thing and we shouldn't even necessarily try. But what we can do is have this agreed upon set of values. This really served as a great tool to talk to our employees about what's going on around us. And no matter what those viewpoints were, how we can actually work together. And it really is kind of this common language, you know, that helps us be a safe place to work, how we respect each other, how we can work towards our common mission. And now we're really using that as like how we continue educating about it, because, you know, we're always going to have new people and we can always show stories. We can always tell stories about how those play into us achieving our goals. So, you know, we use those to create a recognition program called the Spotlight Awards, where we really reward people for living our values and really bringing them to life in exemplary ways. And we do other types of storytelling. And we try to really point back to those values to really help people understand these are not just words on a piece of paper. This is how you actually put them into practice and how you can succeed when you do that. So we actually really even try to identify maybe a certain percentage of content that is even really values focused. We have started a section of our all hands meetings where we do some instruction and education around what our values are, and we bring those stories to life. So we're always doing that storytelling and doing deep dive storytelling on the individuals who get those spotlight awards based on values throughout a quarter. So we're bringing it to life through those different perspectives of different departments that people work in. I'll get you out on this question. Crisis communications is a specific type of communications motion but increasingly brands are being asked to respond and to react to the news cycle. It's different, right? How do you work with leaders, managers, and other colleagues around these types of issues? Which voices should be heard from? How are those voices amplified? And maybe most importantly, what does that feedback loop look like for you? We've really tried to take a look at what leaders need to show up for certain types of content. But also, you know, that's way up at the top, right? And then how do you bring that through and empower the managers of teams and directors of departments. So we have mapped out what leader should be the voice of certain issues. And even maybe it's not a specific leader. It could even be when is it appropriate for the leadership team collectively to stand for something. So we have certain parameters for that when it is something that is crisis or reactive. But then we also are thinking about in tandem, where do certain leaders need to show up as helping us move forward as a business? Because we're still growing and we're still on this path to profitability and we have priorities that we need to make sure we are all marching towards. And then along the way, you might have new leaders and promotions and things where you now need to help someone be really successful in that new leadership role. So we're always thinking about how those two things live together. And then even with 
some of those reactive situations, those crisis situations. We also really need to really focus on our managers of teams because really when employees are dealing with something that is emotional, the first person they're probably going to go to is their direct manager. That's who they have that relationship with. And so over the past couple of years, we've been giving them some guidelines on how to support their teams, reminders on the resources that are available to them, because we really want to empower our leaders to lead no matter what their level is. I'm joined today by Jennifer Poppers of The Real Real. Jennifer, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Brian, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun.